OJ, sir, welcome. Thank you very much. Thank good you for coming here. out. My fine pleasure. Man, you're doing some good work over there. <laughs> what's uh, what what's going on with the the Hope House? How? Because you you really started this thing, didn't you? I yeah. Well, it's a bit of a misnomer. Uh, Hope House Guthrie, and and we say Hope House Guthrie all one word because there's our Hope House this that all over the countryside. Yeah. Which I did not know when we chose the name. I thought, what a great name, Hope House. And you know, you go to register your company name or whatever. They're like, oh, well, there's a hope. This okay, so we got to have the Guthrie on there. Hope House Guthrie. Okay. There you go. So anyway, so uh, my involvement with Hope House Guthrie is a little um, a- a- accidental, if you will. I uh, I was trying to find out if the guys who ran uh, what became Hope House Guthrie, which is just a lunch program, find out if they were still in business. It just came up. Someone was hungry, and I said, well, well, I think you can get lunch over here. You know, I don't know if they're still in business. Let's just drive down there and see. And that's, that's what I did, and they were. And uh, it's a couple of brothers, uh, twin brothers, uh, the, the uh, Wyatt brothers, hometown boys, who were doing this luncheon program, and then they began to branch out into Bible studies and uh, library and, you know, online p- possibilities for the homeless or whomever in need, you know. And, uh, and I, so I began to try to find ways to support them financially and uh, get them some exposure uh, so that they could get uh, more help. And, and then, and then uh, they, uh, it came about that they needed to move to a new location. The location they were at, they just kind of outgrew it, and, and it became where uncomfortable. Were they, where were they before? It's, uh, on the west side of town, Grace Assembly uh, Church uh, in the flats, what we call the flats, if you're from Guthrie. And there's only one big building in the flats, the little white church, and behind it is a two-story uh, building. And so uh, Lou's, it was called Lou's, L-O-U-S, Lunch on Us, Anagram, Lunch on Us. There you go. I right? like that. Yeah, and that was uh, begun by Miss Susan Long uh, and her husband. She wanted to do it, and her husband said, who's going to pay for all that? And she told him he was, and he said, okay. And so 30 grand later on renovations to the building, give or take, you know, uh, there she was up and running. And then she ran that for about four, four and a half years, doing lunch and just ministering to people and loving people and had the clothing room and pots and pans, household, whatever people might drop off to share with the uh, those underprivileged. And then she quite suddenly passed away, became ill and uh, passed away. And so that's when the brothers picked up the ministry a couple of months later. And so that's where I come in, trying to help them. And then when it became necessary to move, uh, we thought, well, let, let's get organized. And so I, uh, they had some friends involved with them. And so we sat down and formed a 501c3 and, and uh, uh, adapt, uh, registered their uh, name. They called themselves the Neighborhood Hope Dealers. I like that. Right? They, okay. They were okay. Twin, twin brothers who, in their previous life, prior to meeting Miss Susan, who ran Lou's, were our, some of our local neighborhood dope dealers. And they changed that they up. They changed that. Changed that, got saved, found the Lord, and found uh, that they wanted to serve. And so now they are the neighborhood hope dealers. I love and, that. Yeah, it's very cool. Uh, some of the older folks don't didn't take that, don't don't get it, but it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so anyway. Well, how, how did you, so you say, you know, that that's where you came in, mm-hmm. helped get it organized, yes. formed the 501c3. Right. How did you know what to do? How did you know what, well, how to get organized? I was already involved. Uh, I mean, I'm 
older than dirt. I've been around a while. I've, I, in my past life, I've had a corporation or two. Uh, okay. young, very young man, my brother and I did landscaping and construction, and uh, we had a janitorial business, and we had learned to incorporate when we were in our very young 20s. So that was my first experience. And then for about the last 10 years, I've been involved here in Guthrie with Neighborhood Solutions. Neighborhood okay. Solutions is an organization that um, we are the only organization in the county that will help you get a federal USDA grant or loan for refurbishing your home or building a new home. Okay. Or ADA um, uh, requirements, uh, upfitting up, up your home for a uh, disabled uh, needs, whatever they might be, uh, as well as insulation and new windows and doors. All of those things are programs that um, Neighborhood Solutions offers to the whole county. Are they specific? Are, are they right strictly local? Yeah, right here in Guthrie. Okay, right, that's right, awesome. Right up by the old hospital, across from the old hospital, which is now uh, um, housing for uh, senior housing. Um, so will they actually, if, if there's someone, say, in Guthrie that... Mm -hmm. You know, it, we've got a lot of old houses here. Yes, we do. So let's say, you know, we've got a roof, you mm -hmm. know, caving in right. or severely damaged. So they would go to Neighborhood Solutions. Yes. And Neighborhood Solutions would help them through the application process. Neighborhood Solutions actually, what's called packaging, the loan application. We actually do sit you down and do the paperwork for you. Okay. Because it's quite intimidating. Yeah. Quite a package. Yeah. And so... Uh, our office, I say our, I haven't been in that office in two years since Hope <laughs> but they're still there, and uh, and I'm aware. And so, yeah, they will sit you down and actually walk you through that process and help you fill out the paperwork. And then let's say you want to get a government loan uh, to buy a new home, okay? And you could be 21 years old or 70. doesn't sure. matter. There yeah. are programs Age. for the underprivileged, the lower-income families, and then programs just for... Uh, at, at any age, lower income. So anyway, are there which, in which the most of us? Because I'm I'm not I've never worked with Neighborhood mm -hmm. Solutions. So when they go through these programs mm -hmm. and help someone obtain one of these grants to say repair a home or something, uh -huh. what what sort of what sort of um, approval stipulations or requirements are in there? Are they specifically for lower income families or specifically individuals? lower income and. Yeah. Okay. Income is a determining factor. It's the folks and that it, need but it. But it's a pretty generous um, uh, range, uh, you know, uh, your income based on uh, how many people are in your family. You know, okay. And it starts at you as a single person at about thirty grand a year that you might make. Okay. And then if you have one, two, three, four, five children, you could be making eighty grand a year and still qualify for these programs. Sure. At one or one to three percent interest loan. Wow. Yes. Okay. Okay. So, and not only that, but then um, uh, if your credit needs repair to qualify for this government loan, let's say, or you don't have any credit, we will show you how to build credit. Here's exactly what you do to build credit. Get a job, get a checking account, you know, if you don't have one, uh, take out a, a, a prepaid credit card mm -hmm. and, and, and draw money from it and repay it every month do that for 12 months, 16, 18 months, anything, you know, uh, to get it stable enough that you can afford to buy a, a car, you know, buy a car, make your payments on time. Let's build your credit. Yep. 18 months, two years from now, we can help you get that loan. And we will also go and look at your credit and help do credit repair, whatever might be on your credit that could be taken off. 
but you don't you just don't know that it could or, or how to do that well we'll help you do that so we'll help you build your credit if you don't have it or fix it if it's in disrepair and then help you get the loans man that's awesome yeah because i i feel like especially lower income families or individuals there's they really feel like the the no, world to today is is disproportionately geared toward people that have money. That's true. You know, and they feel like they're just kind of left here. Well, that's true, and they don't even know that they have options. And that's 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 sad and so upsetting. In, it is. But in fourteen years, this will be the fifteenth year now that we're in for neighborhood solutions. Uh, neighborhood solutions has brought in to date fourteen over fourteen million dollars of federal loan and grant money to Logan County. Wow. Yeah. So that's, that's, Huge. and it's, and it's all volunteer. M my Sue Ducharme, who's the CEO, <coughs> who, uh, I also persuaded, okay, I conned her into helping me start, uh, uh, Hope House Guthrie neighborhood Hope News as a corporation. She's also my CEO okay. over here. Um, she's, she started that and, and has been doing that as a volunteer all these many years. And then she is able to uh, employ one or two people through the AARP Senior um, Work Program. Really? That pays seniors, 55 and older, uh, if, if you are lower income, again, um, for up to 20 hours a week, I believe it is, at minimum wage. Sure. But, you know, but it's income. It's income, and many of those people have wonderful skills, but yeah. you know, don't want to work 40 hours a week anymore. Man, there's uh, one one thing that I am just a diehard believer on is that retirement age mm -hmm. is like a uh, it's it's fake. It's not a real thing. It, I, is, I think. it is fake because yeah, right. yeah. I mean, you get to 60, 65 mm -hmm. and society and, right. you know, they they tell you, oh, it's time to retire. Sure. But that's the time where you've spent the last 30, 40 years mm -hmm. developing prepping. skills and prepping, you know, right. yeah, you've got the right. experience in the marketplace, sure, you've sure. run businesses, you've done all these things, I just read that makes a, you more valuable. Some statistics the other day I was reading, and they were, whoever this was, saying that uh, your 60s and 70s, by and large, are your most productive years uh, in business or whatever that, that you are into. Those I are your it. most productive years. Yeah. And for the reasons that you just stated, yeah. you, now you know it all. And you're not going to make the same mistakes you made at 25 or 35, or you know. Yeah. And and you uh, might have had 40 or 50 years to develop experiences. Yeah. And so anyway, so yeah. so uh, so that's so my plan was to help these boys. They're I say boys. They're 45, I think, when I met them. Help them, kind of back them up administratively as they ran Hope House Guthrie. Okay. So, so you were really more of a support mechanism. Support than mechanism. I'll be over here. I'll go, you know, I have nice hair, so I'll go get my picture made and talk to the ladies in the newspaper, <laughs> you know, whatever. And, uh, and they, uh, so anyway, so, um, well, as it turned out, in, in, in fact, th the theory didn't quite work in, in practice because uh, they both had other obligations. And, you know, I thought one of them was going to be there 12 hours a day and the other twin would be there the other 12 hours you know, yeah, and that—that's not what was happening, and so I found myself there for hours and hours and hours every day just to be there, and uh, so we opened Hope House in uh, June of 2020, planning to clean and organize and get our processes and programs together through the month of June, and then start accepting clients in July 1st. That was the plan. Well, by July 1st, we already had 10 people in the house living full-time in the house this the need was just 
that great. It was. And we needed somebody to live there just to keep an eye on things, you know, so. And, and, uh, and, and we didn't really have a plan or a programs, if you will, in, in place. And so we went up, we took uh, bits and pieces of programs from other entities that are already doing, have been doing for years, what we wanted to do, and they were willing to share their uh, paperwork with us. Okay. You know, here's what you, because you know, I'm like, what do I do with these people all day? Yeah. I mean, I really don't know. I, I, what do I do? Yeah. You know, classes all day or, or what? And, uh, and so it was uh, quite the learning curve. Um, you know, I've so worked with street people and convicts and, and that sort of thing in the past, but never like this, live in 24 hours a day. Well, and that's kind of what makes the Hope House different. You have these folks, and, yes. you know, when we were talking the other day, you had 42 mm-hmm. people. Right. Uh, so I imagine you usually stay somewhere in that ballpark. Well, of, of late, of the last few months, you know, it, it has hovered around that 40 mark. Okay. And that's it's, it's not our cap, but it's very close. Is it? With these, with the people that we have that to run Hope House. We can't really manage more people than that. And as it turns out, we have 42 beds. We own 42 beds, so there you go. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> but you guys are unique in the sense that you're you're a charity that helps underprivileged people mm-hmm. or, or people in need. Right. But um, you're not funding the entire operation. Like, these guys are, they're really working for this thing uh, every day. You, I mean, when we yeah, were there, yeah. you had people laying flooring. Oh, yeah. And yes. doing yeah. all sorts of stuff. Yeah, we have... Uh, the, the men, male to female ratio adults in the house is always about two to one men versus women, or a little greater maybe. Right now, I think we have twenty five men um, and thirteen women at the moment. Now that'll change tomorrow. One of our ladies is getting on a bus and going home out of state. We had a, another lady that got on a bus with her baby and went home a few days ago, and a single man that. Showed up in the middle of the night and just needed somewhere to stay for the night and had come up from out of town to see someone and hoping to, uh, maybe, I don't know. Anyway, it didn't work out, and here he was stuck in Guthrie with a moped that died. (laughs) (laughs) Drove it up here from 50 miles away. And uh, so we took him home yesterday, and I said, what do you want to do with that moped? I'm, I'm not hauling that in our van. It won't go in there for one thing, and it kind of s- smells like it's leaking gas. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I'll tell you what, we take 50 bucks for it. And, uh, and it, uh, it turned out I had 65 bucks in my wallet. So I gave him that $65. He's like, yeah, that's great, man. It and you got a moped. Anyway. Yeah, it doesn't <laughs> run anyway. Are we going to so, see you driving around town? Well, no, but we put it in the back of my car, you know, and took it over to the Hope House. And, of course, the guys at Hope House, you've met, you met somebody. They're like, hey, man, a moped. Can I drive that to work? I said, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. You get it running, you can, sure. Yeah. So, you know, Hope House is a, is a very unusual um, so how, place. what, what drew you to this? Because I, I, I guess I kind of thought, you know, this, this all happened a lot more quickly, but it sounds like this has spanned several years mm-hmm. and almost like, uh, it almost sounds like you were kind of being pulled toward it. I, that's, I think that's exactly right. I think, I think it was, um, inevitable for me. I think it's, uh, <laughs> I think it's something God intended for me to do and the time became right. I, I, I grew into who I needed to be to be able to do Hope House. I didn't. I did not intend. I was not looking to do this. I didn't expect it. But what's funny about it is, uh, uh, 
you know, six months or so in, the the, the boys uh, left the ministry, and I I was just there by myself, you know, and, and looking around, going, oh, okay, <laughs> what do we do now? Yeah. And uh, but we had already begun because you have to uh, bringing on on board, if you will, on staff as uh, if it was if it was a jail, you would call them trustees, and some houses do call them trustees, but we call them house leaders. House leaders, and they and, would be and these are people that live there. People that live there, okay. that we felt like, okay, we can trust you to have the keys to the locker room, you know, where the people keep their medications locked up in their own personal locker that only they have a key to. Sure, can't get in there without a house leader letting you in, but nobody can get in your locker except you. You know, we don't. No, we're not keeping a key, huh? Yeah, we're not touching that. Yeah, and so, so well, somebody's got to do that all day long, you know, off and on. Uh, whenever people might need their meds. So it was critical that we bring some people on board. And so that's kind of how we developed our house leadership roles. And that's still uh, how we do it today. Um, one of the gentlemen who has been there the longest uh, came in within the first 10 days or so that we were uh, getting organized and uh, is still there 19 months later. And he is now my um, ad assistant administrator of Hope House Guthrie. And that is not a uh, titular title. He works for that. He has, has earned that yeah. that uh, position, and he takes it quite seriously and has devoted himself to Hope House rather than seek outside employment. He uh, only recently, he's the first person to, to, to do more than 18 months at Hope House and move into his own uh, private housing, which he just got a couple weeks ago. Still putting his apartment together, but he's going to stay and uh, volunteer at Hope House. Well, he doesn't quite volunteer. I pay him a, a, a few hundred bucks a month. I was just going to ask. 300. Yeah. 300? 300. Okay. To be the assistant man, assistant administrator of, wow. of a million and a half dollar property and wow. you know, 18,000 square feet and 40 plus people, give or take, every day that is an ever changing scene. Uh, but anyway, uh, how did I. Um, well, how did I give. I, I, I wanted to do this. When I was 20, 30, I saw this need for people, because I was working with them even back then, uh, I saw this need for people, men, if they just had time, somewhere they could just be for 18 months yep. was my number in my head, to change their lives, to get over the addiction, whatever it might be, or get, over, get, get through the divorce, or get through the child custody battle, whatever, just have some time where they didn't have to worry about bills and food and clothing, you know, boy, that would be awesome. Is that, is that most of the people that are there, they find themselves struggling with addiction sure. and they're, they're needing yes. the opportunity, the time, they need time to get over they need time. it, to get past it. Anytime. When they, when they come to Hope House, um, what, aside from the, um, agreement that we make with them on paper, you know, which is quite, quite, um, um, revealing and, um, um, in depth, yeah, sure. for to for them, you must tell us about your mental health situations and your drug issues and yeah. your court situation, and we're going to find out all about you so that we know best how to help you going forward. What what is it that you need to to uh, well, conquer? And that's such a big part of of getting sober when you're struggling sure. with addiction is sure. the honesty, honesty, and and, and really being Absolutely. okay with being yeah. completely honest, right. even if what you're talking about is upsetting or sure. you know it hurts or, right. or whatever the right. case it's gonna hurt yeah yeah, yeah. And, and i think it has to i think that's but, part uh, of the healing process. well it does have to but we all we all know um 
we all know now that um, it, it's really called it's addiction is really a, a misnomer. Yeah. Substance abuse disease yes. is really the applicable term and more appropriately definitive term. Substance abuse disease. Now, you, your your substance that some people abuse is gambling, mm-hmm. if you will. So, or, or <coughs> it might be it might be your addict, your um, gaming, or chess. Yeah, it really could be anything. Could be anything. Yeah. Anything. Anything that that takes you away from uh, uh, your responsibilities in life. Anything that you give up everything else for. You yeah. are addicted to. Yeah. It's okay to be addicted. Most of us are addicted on some level, but the trick is to find the proper things to addict yourself healthy to. Addictions. You have to choose, you know, a, a healthy addiction. It's okay yeah. to be. You're going to be addicted if, if you're prone to that. You know, if that's part of who you are anyway. Um, well, then let's let's uh, face it. Let's deal with that and recognize it. And okay, let's do some healthy addictions here. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. So. You have to replace, like when you quit smoking, you have to replace that with something else, you know, yeah. chewing gum or something. And it's kind of the same thing. Well, let's replace that addiction with something healthy for you. So what we try to do at Hope House, if you have 18 months of sobriety, I have learned uh, over the years that uh, clinical fact, your brain will begin to heal and change and grow new uh, n- neuronic, whatever they're called, uh, connections, uh, neural connections, because you're thinking new thoughts, mm-hmm. and so your brain has to find new ways to think about these new thoughts you're having. And you're also, to your point, you're finding new ways to cope with things yes. that happen to you. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And all of our people are required to get counseling because, as you said, the root of addiction is not I like beer or I like drugs. The root of addiction is I have problems I cannot deal with. And Something I use that substance me. as yeah. a means to escape right. this Something issue. Something happened when I was a child. My dad, my parents, my mother, my you know, divorce, uh, uh, foster care, whatever it might be. Or in, in, in later years, the divorce or the death of whomever. And I, I just can't handle it. And I, I mm-hmm. get a beer and I find I really like that. And you know, somebody offers me some drug of whatever type. And I, some, of, some of those are quite addictive. You know, meth, sure. meth. Methamphetamines, meth, the street name meth is extremely addictive. Fentanyl, even more so, and deadly. And and it's very easy to become addicted to those things because all you want all you want is to not feel yeah. for a while. Yeah. I want to not hurt. I want to not have to think. I want to not feel. And right. I mean, man, if you're talking, you know, yeah. meth and fentanyl, I mean, those sure. are like the Mac Daddies yes. of not Mac feeling Daddy. anything. That's right. That's know? right. Of not feeling. And that's what people want. They want to numb out and just not feel. And, and so you fall into this scenario where that becomes your goal every day. My goal is where's the party? Where can I score? Who can I buy something from? What can I steal to get the money to buy? What can I sell in my house? You know. So uh, how, do you, how, how do you help the people that are staying there change those behaviors? Because okay. so often... I, I think that, you know, if you spent 10, 12, 15, 20, 30 years addicted mm-hmm, to something, mm-hmm. you've developed um, a system of habits and sure. patterns that yeah. are really hard to break. Very it's not, break. not just stopping the substance. Right. It's changing your decision making. Exactly. And this is what, what we uh, focus on. You know, here, as I, as I tell everyone when I'm making my morning speech or whatever when the group's together i say okay let's remember what we're here for we are here to learn how to react 
differently to every single thing that happens to you all day long. Yeah. How to react differently to everything whomever says to you. How to react differently to a plate of food in front of you. How to react differently to the grass growing in the yard outside. How to react differently when someone cuts you off in traffic in your car. Mm-hmm. How to react differently when you know, your paycheck doesn't extend as far as your bills every month. Yeah. We have to learn how to react differently. Yeah. We have to learn, number one, we have to plan a budget before you ever get the paycheck. Yeah. We have to plan a budget. When I get my, when I get my money, here's what I'm going to do with it. Make that decision, that determination, so you're not surprised, caught off guard, don't know what to do, and then, and, and then boom, you fail. And so, uh, so, yeah, you have to learn to react differently and to think differently about everything, which is what happens after you get sober and your mind heals. You just begin to see things more clearly. How do you, how do you accomplish that? It, here's what I tell the people. <laughs> and, I, and I don't mean to, to be uh, flippant about this, but it's, it's quite simple. I tell them, guys, you want to you beat this? You want to beat this addiction? You want to stay sober? Is that what you want to do? Yeah, it's real simple. Stay here. Stay here. Stay in the house. Follow the rules. Stay in the house. Listen to Listen me. Listen to me. Yeah. This works, not because I made it up, because it's a proven fact. Historically, we've got hundreds of years of proof this works. Do the 30 days without uh, your phone, without media, without Facebook. Leave the drama out there. Yep. Just forget about it. There's not a thing you can do about it. You weren't doing anything to help any of those situations when you were out there. What in the world makes you think you can affect it when you're here in a recovery center, you know, you got no money, no job, no car. How are you going to help anybody do anything? You're not. So give it up. And so many of these people, the the issue <clears throat> is that, and, and I'm speaking just from past experience. And me too. When, when you are addicted to something and that is the thing that you wake up thinking about. All right. Exactly. Your, your brain just works. It just works differently. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I noticed, uh, because when I was able to get sober and, one of the things I wanted to do was I, I kind of felt like I was out in the dark, in the cold, and mm-hmm. I, I felt like mm-hmm. almost like being reborn. Right. Yes. And I I was obsessed with like, okay, what is really going on here? And and like what is happening to my brain? Mm-hmm. Because I was able to look back at say like the last, you know, four or five years mm-hmm. of my life. And the behavior and the actions right. that I would take on a daily basis, yes. yeah. and I would be surprised that mm-hmm. that was me, yeah, yes. or, or that yeah. I would do the things that I did, <laughs> right? And and it's like when I was able to clean myself myself up, mm-hmm. I I was a different person, sure. And sure. I had this appetite to like grow and and understand and mm-hmm. or get an idea of like why that was right. and learn and yeah and, and learn right. and and so that was something that. I did, um, not really consciously understanding what I was doing, but mm-hmm. I, when I was able to get sober, really changed my life yeah. through this obsession to learn and, and sure. understand more what I was going through. I, I see the same thing all the time. And, and anyone who works in this uh, world, that's what you see is that after two weeks, after 30 days, uh, there are major changes in the person's physical appearance for one thing one of the yeah. first things everybody says after a few weeks is like man i've gained like 10 pounds you yeah, know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you know what your eyes and your eyes i feel like when your i eyes. see someone sober up mm-hmm. you can almost see the life come back to right. them you see the light again yeah you see the light again and yeah. and 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 eventually um the fear disappears yes eventually yeah 
And it's very humbling and surprising to me when some born in the house, uh, and I, I can think of a couple of situations that I know was out there dealing, you know, blowing a going and running the gunning, mm-hmm. literally, you know, and and uh, we're sitting there talking in the backyard, and this person says to me, and this is a 40-year-old 40, 40 individual, for instance, not the first time, say, suddenly said to me, you know, Jay, this is the first place, the first time in my life I felt safe. That means something. That That's blows impactful. my mind. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, wow, man. But you know what, though, when when you are in that um, that cascade of mm-hmm. uh, emotions and and like unconscious cascade, behavior, cascade, and the, yeah, yeah. Well, because it snowballs, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. it always right. starts with a, a normal or like routine thing, mm-hmm. and then it just gets a little bit worse and a little bit worse. And I think that's the slippery slope is like at first you don't realize exactly what's going on or, or you you don't understand the gravity of what it means in terms of your life until you're too far in and you've made this big avalanche and it's like you're now you're running from it. And you know, you, you feel like if you have to keep running or or the avalanche avalanche will bury you. Yeah. Yeah. That's, so, yeah, it's really true. And so you, you are, you're just, you're just afraid all day. And, and it, when you're in that life, if you will, um, all you do is lie. Yeah. All you do is lie to everybody, to your boss, your spouse, you know, your, um, your friends, your family. You know, I can't be there because I don't have any money because I need 20 bucks because, mm-hmm. you know, uh, my car's in the shop. Uh, yeah, <laughs> because my, my grandma died. Yeah, you know, whatever it is. yeah, and and uh, and what's beautiful with the people in the house now? Now that we've been there twenty months, so we had our second Christmas, right? Now the first Christmas we were there, we were only about seven months old, and hardly anybody. I'm thinking back, hardly anybody went home for Christmas. We had one or two people who had made some level of amends with various family members, but. But even even they didn't leave the house. But this Christmas, right now, we've got like 40, 40 people, about 35 adults, let's say. Uh, and, and I'm looking on my, you know, we, we share everything on it. We have a texting group, you know. So-and-so wants a pass, a two-day pass, a one-day pass, you know, going on pass for to see. Is that to go home? Yeah, to go see mom or to go shopping with or okay. to go home for Thanksgiving or whatever. So I'm looking at pass after pass after pass. And, and so I finally I called uh, the the panel. I, call, I went up there. Well, I went up there and I, I got the panel together. I said, it, "Listen, is anybody going to be here Christmas Day? It looks like everybody's going home on pass." And yeah, like twenty plus people went home on pass. And and at first I was like, "Oh man, we're not going to have everyone here for Christmas. Oh, that's really good." And then it and then it hit me. You know, like all of these people have sobered lived a sober life long enough now, eight months, year and a half, 15 months, now their family believes them. Mm-hmm. Now mom believes you. Now your children, you've grown adults, 30, 40, 50-year-old adults, now your children believe you. You're serious this time. You're gonna, you're doing this. Yeah. It wasn't 30 days and you're gone. It wasn't, you know, you're not making promises anymore that you can't possibly keep and they know it. Or had no intent or had of no intention ever keeping. Yeah. And so when everybody gets back, right, from after the holidays and we're all together and, our, and we'll talk about it, we're talking New Year's Eve, everybody was there. 
that's when we had Christmas, New Year's Eve. Because that was our that was our New Year's Eve party. Instead of going bar hopping, yeah. Time. We did uh, we did certificates of accomplishment, you know, and uh, had our Christmas presents, gifts that from various community uh, members in our community organizations that provided gifts for all of our children, even the children who don't live in the house but their parents are with us, but gifts specifically for those children so that so our parents would have something to give. Anyway, and and so so did, I, did, yeah, where, where, I, I'm kind of curious to know okay. how the the neighborhood hope dealers how how these guys mm-hmm. you know how did they react to getting christmas gifts from the community it, it kind of blows their mind it's yeah. just uh, why why would they do that yeah why would why, why because would that's that? not something that you think about when when no. you're addicted you don't think about going and buying someone no. a gift you're not giving nobody or, nothing or yeah or no. giving to charity no. or anything no. because it's all so inward right. directed you're right. thinking about how am i yes. going to yeah. get you know, how do I get what I need? Yeah. Well, what's happened over this 20 months that we've been around, 20, is that um, um, last year, before Christmas of 2021, um, mm-hmm. when we had the big ice storm and all every tree in town broke, right? Yep. Well, the people from Hope House, we had some calls. Um, you know, do you have some guys over there that can clean up some debris? Well, we put the word out. If you need your debris cleaned up from the storm, call Hope House. Well, we went, and I went on some of these, but mostly they went themselves uh, with leaders and did, I don't know, 15 or 20 people's homes. And I mean cleaned them up, cut, got up, climbed the trees, cut stuff up, cleaned up the yard, raked the yard, hauled it off. A lot of it we brought back to the Hope House and burned in our fire pit. There which you go. Is very cool. Free firewood. Yeah, and uh, and some of it the city let us dump for free, um, but uh, but they did all that volunteer for free. How do they feel about working for free? They feel like they are doing the most wonderful thing in the world. That's so yeah. cool. That lady was so happy, OJ. Yeah. That old that old guy couldn't even get out his front door. You know, OJ. Yeah. Yeah, I I think that's really cool because. Uh, Money, especially, say, with my generation, mm-hmm. um, money has become like a symbol of achievement sure. and status. And What kind with, of phone do you have? Yeah, Exactly. <laughs> what kind of car do you drive? Right. All right. that stuff. Yeah. But what I noticed is when you make the shift in your perspective, mm-hmm. and because so for me, the philosophy behind my business right. is relationships over transactions. Exactly. And I I felt like when I was able to stop thinking about where the paycheck's coming from Mm -hmm. and start focusing on how I can contribute and bring value, the money just came. Sure. Sure. You didn't even have to work for it. Same thing is happening for us. Exactly. You know, know, folks, well, (laughs) you have to volunteer. If you live at Hope House, there will be volunteer opportunities and you will volunteer. I mean, you have to do that. Yeah. We have to get back to the community. Now, it's very rarely... That I have to say, uh, you have to volunteer, but it has happened a time or two. But I don't feel like going. I don't. I don't. I don't know those people. I don't. Well, it doesn't matter. That this this community supports you. The food you eat, the electricity, the bed you sleep in, all of those monies. I'm not paying for that. You're not paying for it. It's not a hotel. You didn't rent a room. It comes from the community. It comes from the community, and this is how we return the favor. And I'll tell you what. Beyond that. It, there's some there's something biochemical there is. that happens there is. when you go and do something for someone yes, else yes. without getting anything in return. Again, proven chemical uh, 
clinical fact. Yes, yep. there is that uh, melatonin or whatever, that shot of joy that you get, whether you intended to or not. Yep. You know, these, for instance, you know, I don't want to go volunteer while you're going. Yeah. When they get back, man, that was really cool. You know, I'm, I'm glad I, I did that. How do you that. feel about that? Well, man, it was fun, man. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to go next time? Yeah, sure. And so we did a lot of that. And, and that continues to this day. People will call us and they need this cleaned up or that cleaned up and don't have any money. Uh, on the other hand, people who see and appreciate that and do have funds rather than call, you know, Bob the fence maker or Bob the deck builder or Bob the tree trimmer, you know, or gardener, they call, do you have some people that would want to work a few hours in my flower beds? So what a, yes, ma'am, we try to we try to, to get the folks $10 an hour, see if, it, if that sounds reasonable to you. Well, yeah. And so we, we keep pretty busy with that kind of thing. I imagine you would, especially yeah. nowadays, you know, shoot, yes. I had someone come out to uh, mow the yard and you right. know, they're charging what's basically 60 bucks an hour. Oh, you know? wow, and yeah. I'm thinking, yeah. man, I'd love yeah. to pay a couple guys 10 bucks sure. an hour. And, sure. You know, yeah. give. and we're thinking about that going into this year. We, we don't quite have the right trailer for it, but we do have plenty of lawnmowers and weed eaters and, uh, you know, rakes and all that sort of thing. And, and people who want to do it and know how. So we might, we might do that this year, do the lawn thing. Um, I know that it's, it's a need and it's a way for anybody in the house Women and men included to go out and make make a couple of bucks, yeah, and kind of get start getting back on their feet. I also you know. I think it's so incredibly important getting sober, yes, and uh, breaking through that wall and getting out, right? And yeah, getting oh, yeah. out yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and doing things and yeah. not just sitting on your bed staring at a wall, right? You know, Let, oh, let's back up to the after yeah. Christmas scene. So yeah, we're doing yeah. the New Year's and we're celebrating. And my yeah. question to the guys, I, among other things, one of the questions we had several sponsors there, several of our uh, donors were. Major, major donors or uh, supporters, uh, people who have been with us since day one, supporting us and whatever. We had, I don't know, 20 of them there, mm -hmm. 30. Um, so I, I was asking the, the guys, I said, and the ladies, I said, so how did it feel going home? Did you enjoy yourself? Yeah. I said, let me, how did it, how, how did it feel? Look back and think, I don't care what they ask you. You didn't have to tell anybody a single lie. You didn't have to lie about anything. How did that feel? Man? Yeah, no, that's right. Yeah, man, that was so cool. You didn't have to lie about where you were, who you'd been with, what, what you did you with doing. your money, whether or not you're sober. You know, you didn't have to lie about anything. And that, and and the realization that they were able to do that—that that I can do. I man, I you know, I don't have to. Wow, that's you know, my you family can, can trust me again. People, you know. Because the first thing I try to tell people is, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to, well, I do tell them, I say, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you. You're going to have to prove to me that I can't trust you. Mm -hmm. You're going to have to prove that to me because I think you want me to trust you. And I'd want to. So, so if you are untrustworthy, we're well, going to have to prove that. But I'm going to give you every opportunity in the world to begin to trust yourself again. You know what, uh, you know. to your point, I think one of the most incredible things is, uh, and it's probably just basic human psychology, but... I found that, um, and I'm, I would I would butcher the uh, the expression, but <laughs> if you treat someone like they don't belong, mm -hmm. or like they're you know less than, mm -hmm. or in any way unequal, right, they will subconsciously accept that label you bet. and identify with you it. Bet. But like what you're doing, telling these guys like, listen, I, I I'm going to come out of the gate 
at trusting you. Absolutely. And because I, I think that you want me right. to trust you. I have you. no reason not to trust you. I don't know you at all. Exactly. Why, why would I not trust you? I don't what know anything about you. What a gift that is. And, and then, then the other thing is, I, I promise I promise you, everyone who comes to the door, I sit down with them and I say three things. Aside from whatever else you just signed paperwork with the panel, with the intake, okay? I promise, I promise you that while you're in this house, you will be safe, number one. I promise you, you'll be safe. I promise you there will be peace in this house. Actually, actually, peace is number one. Safety is number two. Mm. First is peace. There will be peace in this house. We will maintain peace in this house. No one is allowed to disrupt my peace, Yeah, including you. Perfect. So if, if you find that, you know, you can't be peaceful here, if we, if we find that we can't trust you, it's kind of what that boils down to, yeah. well, we're going to ask you to leave. So we're going to maintain peace, you're going to be safe, and we're going to give you all the time that you need to accomplish whatever it is you decide going forward that you need to accomplish to build a new life that you do not feel a need to escape from, yeah. a sustainable life. Yeah. And we're going to give you the, all the all the tools and skills and know how to do that. And we're going to help you, actually help you do that. We're going to help you do that. We're going to help you get a job, get a car, understand, you know, get, get your ID, get your Social Security, file your taxes, you know. Do all the straighten things. Straighten out your DHS stuff. Straighten out your stuff with the court. You know, call your DHS worker. Quit fussing about these people. You could not do the job they do. And it's not, you know what, all the problems you're having, you, you didn't like the judge, you didn't like your lawyer, you didn't like how they treat you in jail, you don't like how DHS is treating you about your children, uh, you don't like that your children are living with whoever, and they're mad at you. Well, you know whose fault it is? Your fault. Every single one of those things. It's all your fault. Yeah. It is all your fault. Yeah, but my wife, yeah. well, no, 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 no. It's all your fault. Yep. All of these things, because I, of the decisions that you made. Exactly. And I think it's a basic human call it a flaw mm -hmm. <clears throat> that we want to pass the buck yeah and, yeah and deflect that responsibility deflect that. but that's crucial to to understanding what life is really about yes if you yes. can understand the principle that every decision i make every decision. creates an action mm -hmm. and that action creates a result that's right and that result is either going to be positive or negative exactly. based on the action exactly. right right that that yeah. is enough when you understand it mm -hmm. and fully comprehend it. That right. will change your life. Yeah, and it does. And we we do not let people off the hook about that. Good. We don't because you have to you have to do that, and then you have to go to counseling, and you have to go back in your counseling with that one person in the world you can be totally honest with, and they're not going to repeat that to anybody at all. Okay, and eventually you will become totally open with that counselor. And you'll be able to go back and deal with whatever that issue was in your childhood or in your divorce or in your, at your job or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. And there may be many, several. And you will learn to deal with them. And those are the roots of your addiction, not having dealt with those issues, not knowing how, not being able to, whatever it might have been, or not wanting to. You didn't know how or you weren't able or you, or, or, or you didn't want to. So, but, you, but you have to. If you yeah. want to not stay addicted and then and then i i'm, I'm a little different uh, in my uh, um, approach about this as opposed to aa or na or whatever because i tell the guys <coughs> stop <coughs> saying you're a recovering addict mm -hmm. stop saying that you know i said I, I cooked for years and years 20 years 30 years i'm a really good cook i could do it blindfolded but i don't do it anymore i, I don't that, i don't do that anymore i do other things now but i don't go around telling people i'm a recovering cook 
It's just something I don't do anymore. Yeah. I want you to get that mindset. And I, I've also found, to your point, that when you, uh, and one of the one of the qualms that I have with, with AA or, um, um, uh, what, what do they call Celebrate. it? Addicts yeah. Anonymous. Addicts Anonymous. Yeah. But they, they yeah. you introduce yourself by saying, yeah. hi, I'm so-and-so, right. and I'm an addict, right. or I'm an alcoholic. Yeah, let it go. And man. when you, <laughs> yeah, yeah, let it go. You don't, you're not yeah. that anymore. Yeah. So stop yeah. identifying. Right. You know, they say, I am. Right, right. I am. That is your identity. And it, and it almost becomes your, it's still your excuse. Exactly. That's still my excuse. Well, you know, I'm a recovering addict, so don't expect too much of me. Yeah. BS. Flip the know. script, man. <laughs> Flip the script, man. Yeah. Pivot. You don't need to be that anymore, and there's yeah. no point no. In, in trying to drag no. it out or, or no. holding on to it, no. because all you're doing is halting your own progress and sure. progression as sure. a human being. Yeah. Let's start talking about what your what your goals are going forward. What, yeah. what is it that you want to be now? Yeah. What do you want to do now? Yeah. I think that's something we, mm-hmm. we all hold on to the past and, sure and especially sure a- addicts, you know, specifically, mm-hmm. we're so afraid of the future and mm-hmm. the unknown sure. and man, you're afraid that, that when you leave that house and you're all sober and you've got a job and you're going to run into Jake or Bob or Sue who remembers you back when mm-hmm. and they're, and you're going to feel guilty in their eyes. Yeah. That you're not going to know that you're sober and cleaned up and you're being productive and you're and and it's going to yeah it is it's going to hit you. But you know what but that that's does? Okay. You got to deal with it. You, yeah, you have to deal with it, and you also have to understand that that person's opinion of you mm-hmm. does not have to be yeah. your reality. No, it's no. just their opinion. Yeah, I think one of the biggest eye-opening things for me was realizing that I and I alone am in control of my life and sure. my feelings, sure. and you know. Some someone will be mad and you say, Hey, what what's wrong? And you say, mm-hmm. Oh, well, he made me feel like an idiot. Or, right. you know, he called me a name right. or, or whatever. Right. It's like, why did that affect yeah. how you feel? Right. right. It's just someone's opinion. Yeah. It's, a, it's the same thing. It's learning to react differently. Yeah. To everything. And as they it, you know, as they say, what what other people think of you is none of your business. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> none of your business. That's exactly right. None of your business. Why do you care? Yeah. You could spend all day working on that. And the truth is, and you think that everyone is judging you, looking at you, and 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 this is the thing that you get with people when they first come in. Everybody in the house is looking at me, man. They all think I'm going to steal something. They all think I'm going to whatever. You know what? The truth is, they're not thinking about you at all, man. Yeah. You are the last thing on their mind. They're <laughs> they're thinking about lunch. Yeah. You know, or yeah. whatever. They're no, they're not thinking. No. So Relax. how how long is the average person going to stay at the Hope House? Well, we haven't been around long enough to have that number okay i tell them you can stay here up to two years before i will say to you what's your plan going forward (laughs) it's okay if it takes you two years to arrive at that point where you feel strong enough in yourself to walk out of here unsupported and live your life great but you know what i don't really care if you stay three years or four or five if that's what it takes i I don't know what you need you know god knows You, you probably don't know yeah but, but you know, somewhere, somewhere you do. Somewhere you do. You'll find. Yeah. You will find. You know. But take it slow. And and that's the thing I try to tell them. Because everybody, man, I gotta go. I gotta get a job. I gotta make some money. I gotta, why? 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 Why do you? Slow down. Stop. Why do you? Mm-hmm. Everything you need is right here. Food, clothing, shelter, yeah. toothpaste, toilet paper. What? Yeah. What is it that you need money for? Yeah. Well, I've got court fines. Well, the court will probably delay your fines while you do this program. They sometimes they do sometimes, 
Depends on how much they did like or dislike you. <laughs> Were you what, nice to the judge or not? Of, what kind of reputation <laughs> have you yeah, built up you, with the yeah, court system? If you cussed out the judge, you're probably not. And uh, and so and so there are ways around that. And and so sl- no, no, you really don't slow down. There's mm-hmm. no hurry. What you need to do mostly is stop and let's figure out again why you you know if you knew what to do today, you, you wouldn't be here. Yeah, yeah. If your plan was to Good plan, you would not be at Hope House. Exactly. Yeah, well, I know how to this, I know how to that. And I used to, I said, yeah, and yet, here you are. That's still deflecting. It's still putting the blame on someone else. Right. You've got to assume responsibility for your life and where you are today. And it's not until you do that that you can, like you're talking about, make a plan to move forward. You say, that that boss, yeah, but that boss I had, yada, 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 or that my landlord, yada, yada, well, whatever it was, it was your fault, you know. Well, yeah, I was behind on my rent and everything, but well, okay, it's your fault. Yeah. You know? <laughs> well, I lost my job because my boss was a, you know, but, but, uh, well, it's, again, your fault. You chose the job, your decision. Yeah. You know? So how anyway. how do you support 42, 45 people that are living in this facility? Uh-huh. They're eating three meals a day. Yeah. They're, uh-huh. you know, showering. Right. They're, they're consuming right. things. How do you keep this place running? Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I I pray, I pray. When we signed the lease, me and the boys, um, which we thought would be, you know, it's eighteen thousand square feet, fully furnished. You know, we we walked through there, you and I, and, and some friends, and you know, there's all bedroom furniture and commercial kitchen equipment, pots and pans. There was food in the pantry, food in the freezers when we took over. Uh, bedrooms, suits, suites. Um, you know, office furniture, living room furniture, dining tables and chairs, knives and forks, everything you needed, files. So the place came move-in ready. Move-in ready. Just needed a cleaning. Yeah. It needs a good cleaning up, you know. So it came move-in ready, 18,000 square feet, 35 bedrooms, you know. And I'm thinking, uh-huh. this is going to be $7,000 a month they're going to want. Yes, yeah. easy. You know, but... <clears throat> But we met with them, a representative of uh, Northcare, owns that property, Northcare. And so we said, okay, well, let me talk to my people, and we'll get back together in a couple of weeks. I'll get a contract. Okay. Okay, okay sure. So we said, how much is that going to be, man? 5000 7000 a month? What do you think they want for that place? So we get back together two weeks later, and she says, okay, so how many years would you like the lease to run? Um. Let's start with five. <laughs> you know? Okay. Okay. So it's it'll be thirteen hundred dollars a month. Thirteen hundred a month. Really? I bet your house payment is close to that. Mine is. Yeah. That's my house, incredible. My house. But that facility's easily worth what a million two? It's it's insured for one point eight million. One point eight. That's what I had to insure it for. What okay. it was previously insured for and and uh, because it's been seriously upgraded, you know, plumbing, electrical, uh, uh, heat and air, all new, seven systems in there, you know. But this is what you need. Like, at, at this facility, you wouldn't be where you are no, today no. without that. But we didn't know we needed it. We were just looking for somewhere to continue helping these guys serve lunch. Yeah. And all these rooms and furniture. And, but, but both of those boys and myself had always had that heart, that mission for you know, let's get people off the street. Let's get these addicts off the street yeah. or whoever. Yeah. Uh, mothers with children that have, you know, divorced and nowhere to go and can't, don't have a car, can't, you know, 
whoever. And, and that was the, the dream, but, but uh, I, I didn't see it coming. God knew I wanted to do it 40 years ago. I kind of forgot about it because I just never could figure out how to make it happen. I said, where am I going to get enough money for a place like that? You know, I could buy an old motel, take over an old church. Well, it just never happens. Until and God made it happen. Until God made it happen. Whether, whether I, and, and it was a year in before that hit me because yeah. I was say, making this speech to the guy that said, if you'll stay here 18 months, you got nothing to worry about. You gotta, and it suddenly hit me. Wow, that was exactly what I told everyone, you know, yeah. and God uh, when I was a kid. Yeah, I'm sixty. I'll be sixty-six in a week or so. That's this was forty plus years ago, and so you know, God begins to work in you, and He will bring that to fruition. He promises you that, whether you remember or not. I will complete the work I began in you. I think we are all put on this earth with a purpose sure. to to fulfill, sure. and I think that that purpose is never self-centered. No, that that no. purpose is always outward right. or, or, or outwardly focused. Outward oriented. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, a, and, and I feel like mm. when you can find what it is that you are supposed to be bringing to mm-hmm. the community or to yes, people outside of yourself, right. I think that that's really where yeah. fulfillment is. I, I absolutely agree. So how do we how do we fund it? We between us, we we didn't even have a hundred bucks when we signed that lease, and we walked out of there, you know. And uh, Michael says to me, "How where are we going to get some money?" I said, "We're going to pray, brother. We're going to pray hard." And we really did not have any idea, and I didn't know what what the bills were going to be like or anything. So as we began to research that, you know, call old G and E. Hey, how much were the average bills and the water and the gas? Well, it was a lot, and uh, it, and and as it turns out. Um, for about the first year or so, it, it cost us about 8500 a month. And about 6500 of that was just the, just the fixed, you know, insurance, rent, uh, utilities. And all of that comes from donations? All that comes from donations. Wow. Nobody, when we opened the door, had signed on to give us any money every month. Nobody. Wow. Nobody. So I put it on Facebook, you know, I went to my old high school friends, and eventually, eventually we got a website up, and eventually we got a Facebook page. But that first month or two, well, the first thing that happened was they said, uh, North Care, who owned the village, said, now if you'll clean this place up, because we really didn't when we left, we just had to move so fast, uh, if you'll, but if you'll clean everything up, if you don't mind doing that, we'll give you the first two months free. Okay. Oh, great. I got 60 more days. Yeah. To find money. <laughs> All right. Deal. And so we, yeah. And I, and I, so we got the first two months free. Uh, of course, we get, we had to put up the deposits for the water and the insurance deposit and uh, th- things I didn't know or didn't expect, but some where we found the money. I, but I said, I don't feel comfortable signing the lease because we were supposed to sign the lease in March. And I said, I am not comfortable signing that lease until I've got at least $3,000. So I know we can make a couple of months. Yeah. And so I put that on Facebook. You know, I'm trying to do this thing, Hope House, and we could really use your help. And yada, yada. Well, somebody, and to this day, I don't know who this was, could, never could track the person down. Somebody, right off the bat, mailed us a check for $3,000. Wow. No idea who that guy is. And I really tried to find out. <laughs> And then a few months later, about four or five months later, he did it again. And I, you know, I was like, my word. 
So it was just a thing, as you said, God wanted to happen. I just assumed, I'm pretty naive, I really am. I just assumed, oh, well, we'll say we're opening this recovery addiction place. We've got all these bedrooms, and, and we could take men and women and children, and every church in town will jump in here and donate, you know, 100 bucks a month, and boom. There's like 30, 40 churches in the county, you know. And I was just sure they'd all just jump right on board that. Well, of course, they didn't because they don't know me or yeah. these other guys and, and uh, you know, you <coughs> drug drug addicts and alcoholics and you know there's they're going to be doing drugs over there they're going to be selling mm-hmm. dope in that place they're going to be having place is going to be a wreck going to be a wreck and be having you know uh, all night drunken orgies and whatever <laughs> and uh and there's there's an element of truth in that you run a house like this sooner or later somebody's going to sneak something in sure sure they are and 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 we're going to catch them every time we might not know it that second but we're going to know it tomorrow or the next day, it's going to get out, and then yeah. you got to leave. You got to go, man. Yeah. I'm sorry. Bye. Yeah. We'll talk to you again in 30 days. Go back out there. Remember what it's like out there for 30 days. And then if you want to come back, try it again. We'll let you come back and try it again. And that happens. It happens. And, uh, you know, we're never going to prevent that. We don't have any security. It's me and my two lady volunteers who are there some days and some days are not, and the clients. The clients are in the house. Wow. The, the clients are the staff. The clients oversee the policies and the rules, and they do the intakes, and they will kick you out. If I'm not there and someone commits an infraction worthy of immediate uh, separation from the house, they'll kick you out. Brother OJ, we had to ask so-and-so to leave. What do you do? Yada, yada, yada. Yeah. Sounds legit to me. So I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. And we always are very sorry. Of course we're sorry. We want everyone to make it. So 265 plus people have been through the house since we opened the doors. Do you have a tally on, um, or, or do you stay connected with them after they leave? Do they, the know? ones who are serious, the ones who are there for m- more than a month and a half, too much, who are really trying to break the cycle. Yeah. We, it's a small town. Mm-hmm. Most of the people come to us are from this community, or at least from this county. Not all. We get people from Florida. <laughs> yeah. Somebody, somebody has a family member, a friend in Florida, needs help, and they live here in Guthrie and know about Hope House. Well, I know this place in Guthrie. I'll, let me get you a bus ticket, and boom, there's, that happens wow. a few times. Or Texas or wherever. We get quite a, quite a bit of that, actually, uh, and out of town, Edmond, Oklahoma City, certainly. So uh, what was the question? Do we keep it? Do we keep track of them? Do we track well, them afterwards? I, I was just kind of yes. curious if you we if try you very knew hard. how many of the people that went through the program mm-hmm. successfully had maintained to or had okay. had been able to maintain sobriety. Okay. Well, it's, it's again we're so young; it's kind of hard to yeah for that to track. But we have people who have been there for more than let's say six eight months who have moved out, and it's, and we yeah we're keeping track of them. And to our knowledge, so far everybody's doing good. That's Got a awesome. house. You know, they're being straight, got work. They, they check in. They come by, you know, um, pick awesome. up their mail, whatever. Uh, it, depending on who you are, we we'll, might hold your mail if you stay in contact. But if you just disappear, we're just going to return your mail to, yeah. I, I can't be responsible for your mail, man. Yeah. You know, can't do that. Um, so, yeah, we try to keep track. And uh, we've, we've had a few that have successfully moved out and, and are, are doing great who, who did more than, let's say, four months in the house. Sure. Okay. Now we've also we also two hundred and sixty plus people. We also had two that um, 
for various reasons, we had to ask to leave the house. One guy had been there for six months, but it just became um, impossible with the aggressiveness and issues uh, to keep him in the house. Yeah, and you have to you have to take into account the greater good and. I have to protect the house. Yeah. I have to protect the house, not just physically. And sometimes it's a matter of physical a force, of, of fear of uh, physical uh, aggression. Tip- but I imagine tip- sometimes it's just y- you even need to protect it from uh, from a mindset. A mindset. Or from that, that it, negative energy. As that's I said, in. we must have peace in the house. Yeah. We Crucial. must for people to make that growth. Yeah. Got to maintain that certain level of peace. So... So yeah, so in both of those situations, it was just aggressiveness, uh, and because uh, frankly, um, we get a lot of people who who have mental disorders. Schizophrenia is a big one, especially if you're doing meth or have done meth. If you're schizophrenic already, and you begin to do meth, man, you will become a hot mess. You, you, it will, it will, it can kill you because it just destroys your mind, you know. Yeah. And uh, so we had a, we, we get a lot of that, a lot of people who are schizophrenic and uh, to one degree or another, and we get them treatment and we get them medications if they will. But then again, some, some people have been there, done that, and I, I ain't taking those medicines. Yeah. I don't like how they make me feel. I'm not going to take them. Well, all right, well, you can stay here as long as you are, are uh, peaceful. Basically, and so a couple of guys, uh, more than two guys, we've had to ask to leave, and two of our clients unfortunately committed suicide and died. Well, that's going to happen in my world, in oh this my world. God. That's going to happen. What? Wow. What, um, was that a surprise, or were, did you were uh, you were you uh, afraid no. that they might uh, do something uh, like uh, that? I I am always afraid when they are when they are that mentally unstable and refuse to go to counseling, refuse. And they probably, they've been there. They went to counseling. I'm not going because they'll lock me up again. Oh, well, okay. Uh, I can't keep you here if you don't do your medications. Yeah, because especially if, if you need them. If you're on your medications, you know. Yeah. Uh, well, then you're, then you're manageable. You yeah. can manage yourself, and I can trust you to be in the house and not hurt one of these children or one of these ladies or your roommate, you know, in the middle of the night. That's the problem. And so, uh, but if you won't take your medications, no, you can't stay. It's just that simple. You, you and I both know, and they, and they do. They know I can't, you know, I get out of control when I don't do my meds. Well, then take the meds. I don't yeah. like the meds. Pick uh, your battle, son. You yeah, know. you can't, and, you can't uh, have it both ways. Yeah, you know, we were talking and, earlier about decision making. Yeah, and uh, you know, one of those guys, I just, God, I just loved the guy to death. Everybody did. Just a beautiful guy, but he would abuse or refuse, either abuse, take too many, or, or not take them, or whatever. And so we have a different program now. You know, again, that was very early on, and we really didn't have the um, um, controls that we have now to manage medications. And so, anyway. Well, you guys are doing some awesome things, and that's uh, I mean, why I wanted to bring you on here, kind of tell some more people about this. And yeah. you're, you're running this whole program off of donations. Pure donations, pure donations. And we do now have several other churches that donate to us on one level or another, several yeah. civic organizations that donate to us, several individuals and businesses in town that donate to us monetarily. Sure. Uh, uh, we, we have about uh, 4,000, I think, a month in, in commitments, of one amount or another, some of that's ten bucks a month. You know, okay. Uh, you, uh, a trolley driver, for instance, 
10 bucks a month, and some of that's 100 a month or 50 a month or whatever. And then we have some churches who will do, we're going to do this much a month or this, this percentage of our offering a month or whatever it might be. But that all amounts to about 4,000 a month. Now, we now know, since we just finished our, our uh, books, you know, for last year, that our average budget, or what we spent last year, averaged out to 10,200 and 50 bucks a month, let's say. So That's on average, it's, it's costing more than 10000 to keep this yeah, thing and I running have, every month. Brother, I have no idea where the money came from. And I have no Scott's idea plan. where it comes from or where it's going to come from this month, but it's going to come. So if I'm an individual yes, sir. and I decide, hey, this is something I want to get behind, right. how can I... Sure. Uh, you know, because I, I donate to St. Jude's. It's just a monthly payment. Oh, it comes out automatically. Absolutely. Can we right. do that for Hope House? You can do it for Hope House. We have a website. It, it's called uh, hopehouseguthrie.org, hopehouseguthrie.org. And on that website, it kind of, of course, tells our story a little bit. Um, and, you know, click here to donate. Click, okay. Click, there's a button right at the top. And then as you scroll through, there's another opportunity down below. And you can... Uh, agree to donate. Uh, you can do a one-time donation of whatever amount, or you can commit to do a monthly, a recurring donation of what again, whatever amount a month. We have what we call the three hundred club. Our three hundred club. We ask those members to commit to ten dollars or more monthly in a recurring donation. The three hundred club. The other option that we have is our uh, adopt a room program. We have 35 bedrooms, okay, and that changes. Sometimes we have 36. If we have to empty our storage room and make another bedroom, well, we will. We'll stack it up in the lobby, uh, whatever we have to do. Uh, uh, adopt a room, that's $40 a month program, and it's a symbolic uh, thing. Adopt a space. You're adopting a room in which there might be uh, one or two men or uh, one or two women or one woman with three children in a room. That happens. Okay. Our spaces are very limited, and, sure. but we're going to squeeze you in if you come to us and need and need space. If at all possible, we're going to squeeze you in. So the forty dollars room, you can do that adopt a room, and and we will know if you if you commit to forty dollars. They say, oh, how do I how do you know I'm doing the forty dollars a month adopt a room? Well, if you commit to recurring forty dollars a month, then we're going to enroll you on, on our books as a member of the adopt a room program. And so all you have to do is put. 40 bucks a month. Yeah. Okay. And so, um, I lost the thought. Imagine that. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, so that's, uh, so yeah, we have about, about 4,000 a month right now, give or take in, uh, committed monthly donations and the rest, honestly, and it's always been this way. I, 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 my deal with God was, I, I don't know what to do about the money. I just don't. So I'm going to worry about the people and whatever it is they need. Let God handle the money. And you're going to have to worry about the money. And the first the first electric bill we got was $1,000. And we'd already spent five or 6000 just getting the doors open with deposits and you know, whatever, uh, inspections, uh, whatever. So uh, we were pretty broke. And there I get this electric bill for $1,000, and I'm just stunned. I'm just stunned. I'm like, my word. Well, we're, you know, we're done. We're done. I, That's I, it. You have no more money. I don't have $1,000. They're going to turn off our electric. You can't be open without electric. We're done. That's, you know. So the next day, a representative from one of our local churches, community church, who I'd only met these folks one time. I didn't know anybody, any of them. A group of them had been one time to Hope House, 
because I invited them. They'll just come, just come see. Check it just out. Just come look and do whatever God tells you to do, if anything. Yeah. I'm not asking you for any particular commitment. I'm not going to do that. You don't know what God wants you to do standing here. So, so anyway, so this man, Tyler, shows up the next day, Pastor Tyler, said we took up a little donation for Hope House uh, Sunday, and, and so here you go. And he's grinning, big grin. I said, that, well, uh, Wow, thanks. And That's he's awesome. And I said, would you like me to, can I open it now? Yeah, yeah, you should open it now. Said, yeah, okay. So, <laughs> so I opened it, and hey, guess how much that check was for? You know, $1,000. Wow. So, and I, you know, I, and then I just bawled, and I just, it just, God's whatever just flooded over me and said, that's it, don't worry. Stop worrying. Stop Man, thinking about at, that. at the end of the day, people, I, I believe, people are basically good. They are. And yes, people want to help. And I think... But they have they to believe can, in what you're doing. They have to believe. And I, anyone that is listening to this, yeah. I think, could, could get behind Hope yeah. House Guthrie. Yeah. yeah. So. I, I, we spend $650 a month on salaries. My three key people. That's it. Yeah. That's all we... Nobody's making money over here. <laughs> Trust me. And, uh, and Well, uh, so the website is HopeHouseGuthrie.org. HopeHouseGuthrie.org. Right. You can set up a one-time mm-hmm. or reoccurring uh, payment and or contribution. Yes. And you've got a 40-day or $40 um, mm-hmm. basically buy a room right. and support that room. And you room can come and people. decorate that room. You can come choose a room oh, and decorate cool. it any way you want. And, and people do that. There they we do. Go. It's so much fun. There so we go. much fun. And, uh, yeah. So, or you can just uh, mail us a check with our post office box, uh, P.O. box. It's, it's NHD, Neighborhood Hope Dealers, on your check, NHD. And then it's post office box 491, 491, Guthrie, Oklahoma, 73044, if you want to just uh, mail a check. And many people do, uh, straight out of their uh, whatever fund every month or account. Well, and what we'll do is uh, we'll go ahead and put the link uh, to the website, and we'll put the address where people can mail a check. And um, I I really want some folks to reach out. You're doing amazing work, and uh, I'm glad you came today. I'd really like to have you back on at at another time. And we have a Facebook page too. I should say you should. Our Facebook page is Neighborhood Hope Dealers. Okay, Neighborhood Hope Dealers on Facebook. I love that Neighborhood Hope Dealers. It's pretty cool. So anyway, well, I can't thank you enough for having me. This is so much fun, and I, and anything I can do to get the word out to support what God's doing here. Yeah, you know, the amazing, the most amazing thing. Now think about this: all these people have come to us for drug addiction. Some straight out of jail. Pick them up at the jail. Can you pick me up? Can you give me a bus ride? Come give me in Oklahoma City, straight out of jail or yeah. prison. Two hundred sixty, almost two hundred seventy people probably as of today. Wow. Not one time. Has anybody who was staying at Hope House thrown a punch or knocked someone down? No or fights. Or pulled a knife. <laughs> you know, there's never been one uh, brawl. One nobody's ever raised a hand to anybody in Hope House. You know and what? That is only because of the qualming effect that God has over that house, and you can feel it. You feel it. It's like a blanket. Well, you know what? I, I think I think you brought God into that program well, and into that building. And OJ, I love the work. Yeah. <laughs> it's all God's plan. It's all God's plan. 
Well, OJ, so, it's been wonderful to have you on here. Yeah, Thanks thank again for again. coming. And thank you again, Craig. We'll, we'll, uh, we've got some other stuff in the works, yeah, too. Yeah. So I think our, our company is going to see if we can put something together for you. Yeah, I really uh, appreciate that. It's beautiful. Absolutely. We'll All come right. back. We're, we're planning a thing for spring. I think we're going to do a bake-off fundraiser for spring. That'll be fun. Uh, we have people that love to bake. Yeah. And, uh, and I think we're going to do that. And, and, of course, we'll have Elvis and you know, so on and so forth. Yeah. So Perfect. we'll be back in, when we get that uh, We'll, ha we'll have to have you back out after that. Take about it. Okay. All right, OJ. Thank yeah. you, sir. Take I appreciate again. it. All right.